0: From NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Lars Gottrich. It's the best music of the month Show, and we're listening to Album of the Year Contenders for 2022. Here's Maggie Rogers. I am here with Tom Heizaga. Hey, Tom.
1: Hey, Lars.
0: And Hazel Sills. Hi, Lars. We are discussing the best albums released in July. And look, this month, this year, this decade, this lifetime, it's all about Beyonce. We have been prepping. We have been praying. (laughs) We are going to talk about Renaissance in just a bit. But Maggie Rogers. Well, by the way, when I asked her about sharing a release date with with Queen Bee, she said, New Beyoncé is literally good for everybody in the world. And I know we just featured Surrender on New Music Friday, but y'all, I'm in love with this record. It's worth hearing many times. Yes, and it's one of those things where like Maggie Rogers had a little bit of viral fame. She put out her debut album. It was... Very promising. There's like a good mix of like folky pop music with electronics that was very satisfying. It's one of those things where you're like, they didn't blow all their creativity on the debut because that's <laughs> usually what happens. She took it far beyond what a second album can be. And I just, the album's tender, it's tough, it's horny. <laughs> she has a way with production and songwriting that
1: catches me off guard. Well, this album, I think it's just like this pop bulldozer of greatness and you talked about her her last album heard it in the past life from 2019 and i think sonically actually and textually it's not totally unlike that but here everything is just supersized i mean even the vocals get bigger wider i kept thinking it was kind of a cross between bono and katie lang i mean in this big <laughs> urgent virtuosic delivery it's a record that is amped up to 11 all the way
2: This album is so energizing and fun, and it's giving me very, like, early 2000s rom-com energy. Like, I feel like (laughs) all the songs on this album I could see in the opening credits of, like, The Devil Wears Prada, very much like (laughs) rom-com heroines going to her big magazine job, strutting down cobblestone streets. And I really love that song, Be Cool. Be cool which feels very like what it feels like for a girl style production, very like early 2000s, or even like Imogen Heap's side project, Fru Fru. It sounds like Maggie is just having fun, like so much fun on it.
1: You know, lyrically, it's a lot about confronting things, you know, change, affairs, people. Are you going to come with me? What am I going to do with my life? Are you going to talk me off the rail? And panic attacks and everything. But if you don't pay so much attention to those lyrics, and even if you do, it's just like this supremely confident album. It's like this woman is just ready to take on a galaxy of issues. One of my favorite songs on the record is Begging for Rain which starts out with this kind of lo-fi acoustic guitar strumming and really beautifully written lyrics.
3: The more you wait, the more you break The longer that it takes to undo All the knots you've been dying On cherry stems and black Boy, you too.
1: I see it as it could be a great moody country hit for somebody if you dressed it in a different outfit, you know, just wonderful, wonderful song.
0: I mean, I'm already going to call it. This is my pop record of the year. I can't stop listening to it. I love it. And if you want to read a little bit more, maybe about some of the inspirations behind the record, I talked to Maggie Rogers. You can find that interview on mpr.org slash music. The album is called Surrender. And for the next album, look, there is life before Beyonce. And there is life after. It's the natural <laughs> order of things. <laughs> <laughs> I asked Gabby Bulgarelli, senior producer at Ladder Than a Right, how her life has been altered since the release of
4: Renaissance. I'm still taking in the incredibly exciting first installment of Beyonce's Renaissance. But that doesn't mean I can't pick it as my best music for the month of July. I'm going to be honest with you. I will be sitting with this album for a long time because B gave us a lot to think about. But in the meantime, I want to talk about one song in particular, Plastic Off the Sofa, which I think is one of the most successful collaborations on this album. It was co written and produced by Sid, along with Levin Collie, Nick Green, and Sabrina Claudio. She's got an incredible assortment of contemporary innovators in soul, and yet she still shines through, putting her own twist on it, showcasing her skill and arrangement with the runs and the harmony. It also signifies a real turning point for the album, with earlier cuts like I'm That Girl and Cozy reinforcing B's confidence and journey to self-love. Church Girl comes in hot. It's liberation, it's elevation, it's like she's ready to get it on. Well, Plastic Off the Sofa is getting it on. freak freak nasty and the glorious transition into virgo's groove carries us through to the after party of this whirlwind vibrant summer romance this is the epitome of lazy sunday morning music but don't get it twisted even though b is letting you hit it she's got to remind you that she's cooler than you so listen up girls don't let them steal your energy queen b decrees it
0: There's going to be plenty of Beyoncé coverage online, on air, on billboards, on the street, (laughs) with your neighbor. Beyoncé tends to take over, and I don't really get tired of it. But for the haters out there, it's Beyoncé's world. You're just living in it.
1: Oh, no, the record sounds great. (laughs) It does. It really does.
0: Speaking of great records, there was a ton of great music released in July. We're going to get to some personal picks from our panel in the lightning round later on, but I wanted to mention some major titles that feel like they could be year-end contenders. Steve Lacey from the R&B group The Internet has made a super fun summer album called Gemini Rights. Lizzo released her sophomore record, Special. The songwriter and fiddler Amanda Shires put out Take It Like a Man. The self-titled album from Florist mixes folk and ambient music. R&B singer Brent Faiz dropped his third album, Wasteland. There's a new mixtape from the rapper Nico Nasty called Las Ruinas. Flo Millie, for whom I am constantly cheering, released her debut album You Still Hear Ho. I Am Still Wrapping My Head Around Jazz Codes by the artist More Mother. And if you're looking for something heavy, I have a couple of recommendations. Hiss by the Singapore grind chord trio Wormrot, and Electrified Brain by the Richmond thrash band Municipal Waste. All right, let's do one more before we take a quick break. For his triple album, This Is America, Johnny Gandelsman commissioned 22 works for violin, asking a broad range of composers to focus on the year 2020. Here is Blossom American Dream, the opening selection from a larger piece called Surrender to the Adventure, it was composed by Anjana Swami Nathan You first introduced NPR to Johnny Gandelsman through his string quartet, Brooklyn Rider, more than a decade ago. I still think about that tiny desk, actually, all the time. It's probably one of my personal favorites. And Johnny has, in the meantime, embarked on some pretty ambitious projects. Tom, tell us about this latest one.
1: Johnny Gandelsman, known as one of the violinists for uh, Brooklyn Rider, really adventurous string quartet, he's... I don't know. He seems like he's always thinking big and coloring outside the lines in the most wonderful way. And for instance, he recently converted all of Bach's six cello suites for cello. He arranged them for violin and, and toured playing all of them in a single evening. That's almost two and a half hours of music. But this new project, I think, is perhaps his most enterprising. And we just heard a little bit from Surrender to the Adventure by Anjana Swaminathan, one of As Lars, as you said, 22 composers at Gandelsman commissioned to write pieces about the awful year that was 2020. And need I remind us that it was the year that gave us COVID and supercharged racial violence and the further cracking apart of our already politically divided nation. So uh, a heavy idea to ask these composers to write about 2020. But the reason that I picked this piece by Anjana Swaminathan to listen to, because it's one of the lighter-hearted works on the album, and I think of it as a kind of a love letter to Swaminathan's fiance, who the composer is talking to underneath the gorgeous, classically Indian-flavored music there.
0: There's sort of a theme to at least three or four of the albums that we're going to be talking about today, is that a lot of albums have been made during the pandemic now. And it's becoming almost a tired story, the idea of like the pandemic album. But right now that we're almost two and a half years in, we are now starting to see the albums made during the pandemic that have been lived in, that have maybe a little bit more perspective than the maybe the albums that were created in a rush to capture the feeling. The Maggie Rogers record was made in isolation, The record that we're going to talk about at the end of the episode was made during a lockdown in Italy. And the thing that I like about this album, and it's very epic in its scope, but it's extremely intimate.
2: Tom, you had mentioned the kind of lighter themes in this piece. And I think that's what makes it so moving and haunting to me. It's, you know, you hear this person's voice, you hear them telling this story. But they're kind of moving in and out of the frame and it's like a a missed call or sort of a breaking telephone connection that like Mm -hmm. that sort of joy and that sort of lighthearted feeling is getting gradually out of reach. And I felt like that was such a beautiful way to sum up or respond to a year like 2020 where so many people did lose a little bit of themselves or or lost connections with loved ones or lost loved ones, literally. Just experiencing that song and the feeling of there being this connection that you're gradually moving away from, I just thought was really beautiful, the way that it was portrayed in that piece of music.
1: Lars, you were talking about albums that have been made during the last couple of years. This one you know, I'm hoping that it has legs, you know, so he he's created this amazing and arresting body of work and I'm hoping that other violinists are going to take it up. Here's how the record starts off. Clarice Assad is the composer, the Brazilian American composer, and she wrote this piece that is simply titled O, which stands for oxygen, but I think she really means, you know, it's as much about the lack of oxygen, you know, the oxygen that COVID victims lacked gasping for their last breaths or the oxygen that George Floyd was robbed of when he pleaded I can't breathe and still with that grim background of that year 2020 this piece again seems to be filled with dare I say it like a hopeful quality there's an airiness to it we'll hear Gandelsman's violin kind of soaring and swerving around Assad's wispy vocals and electronics and for me it just kind of lifts the piece up into the air you know kind of away from the darkness
0: This is America by Johnny Gandelsman. It's a triple album with several composers. Truly beautiful record. We're going to take a quick break and come back with more of the best music released in July. And you're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music. Welcome back. It's the best music of the month podcast from All Songs Considered. I'm Lars Gottrich. I'm joined by Hazel Sills and Tom Heisenke. Bear One Boss, that's Bear, the number one boss, is a rapper from Atlanta that's already put out three albums this year. Here's louder than a riot producer Mono Reason on why he can't stop listening to his maximalist rap music.
5: I want to talk about today the album that sort of got me through this month, which is Bear One Boss's self-titled album. The best way I can describe the sound is if you took a little Uzi Vert or took like Young Thug and just shoved him full of like. Sour candy and Skittles and, and Coca Cola. It's like sugar rush trap meets, like, I don't know, like hyper pop. Just this whole swirl of sound that still feels deeply rooted in Atlanta. I got
3: some new blue I never running. I'll make that day sunny. I might take a fight, out of one thing.
5: in interviews Baron Boss talks a lot about how he's very influenced by the OG like Atlanta wave of the rich kids futuristic swag that whole era with the crazy dance moves and the the laser beaming sound effects and the way they were singing and rapping at the same time and you definitely get that vibe from his music, which is full of these like really, really small chunks of joy. He writes really short songs, he writes really impressionistically, almost like he's just repeating a word sometimes. It's sometimes a a little much to handle, but I feel like for the most part, it's really fun. I'm just glad to see that he's polishing his sound still, and I'm really excited for what the future holds for him.
0: That was Bear One Boss and the track It is $3 signs. I don't know how you would say that out loud. Dollar, dollar, dollar. We have one more album to feature on the best music of the month show, but let's take a moment to mention some other music released in July that will come back to all year. Tom, let's start with you.
1: Sure. I'd like to give a a timely shout out to uh, Tanya Leon. She's a Pulitzer Prize winning Cuban American composer. And last week she was just named as one of the 2022 Kennedy Center honorees. And the week before that, a brand new album of her pieces for solo piano was released by pianist Adam Kent. And this piece is called Variation or Variacion. It's her deconstructed take on Bach's Goldberg Variations. Very deceptive, very clever.
0: so tell me what else you've been listening to this month.
2: One album that I wanted to shout out is Trezor by the Welsh artist Gweno. She is a former member of the Pipettes. And this album is sung entirely in the once extinct language Cornish. It's very spooky. I don't want to stereotype the people of Wales, but it's giving like Wicker Man vibes. It's giving like (laughs) pagan ritual. (laughs)
3: Um,
2: Very like European folk horror. And there's like, very psychedelic it reminded me a lot of like early broadcast and even like pentangle there's something very ren Fair about the whole album and i've really been digging it
0: One album that I haven't really been able to stop listening to in July is Living Torch by Colleen Malone, best known for music that she composes and performs on the pipe organ. She's sort of become a rock star of the pipe organ, which is is a funny thing to think about in the 2020s. (laughs) She was commissioned to make a synth-based work, and not on just any synthesizer, but the ARP 2500 that belongs to the French composer Eliane Vadiga. The result is Living Torch, which is split into two parts and features cut up recordings of trombone and bass clarinet, plus an instrument called the Boite au which literally translates as drone box. But you spend enough time with the long tones in this record that you not only feel the deep variations and vibrations, you almost become them. Here's a little bit of part two. It's two 15-minute pieces. It's kind of hard to just get a lot from like a 15 or 30-second clip, but that's kind of the mode. On a similar note, our last pick for the best music release in July comes from another electronic music composer. Caterina Barbieri is based in Milan. This is Canticle of Cryo from the album Spirit Exit. Hazel, Katerina Barbieri said something interesting in the profile that you edited for Imp Your Music, that this album isn't meant to be devotional or religious, but about being present in the moment. She calls it radical eminence. What draws you to this record?
2: Katerina Barbieri is a big thinker. Across her body of work, she's really invested in this idea of how music and how modular synth music can really manipulate the consciousness of her audience. She's really invested in like the places that she plays. She loves to play in big churches. A lot of her previous work, she sort of built by improvising in the moment during live shows, using her music to kind of react to what the audience was feeling and getting that feedback and incorporating it into her music. And what's really interesting about this album, Spirit Exit, is that As you mentioned previously, Lars, it was made entirely in the pandemic when she was isolating in Milan, which notoriously had a super intense lockdown. And that kind of changed her musical practice because she didn't have this audience to kind of feed off of. And so when she talks about like being in the moment, I think what's really beautiful about this album is that it really kind of values these moments of spiritual connection with yourself.
1: First thing, Hazel, I just have to thank you for turning me onto this record because I have to admit I had never heard of her. And, you know, aside from the, all that depth that you were talking about, what stood out for me just on the surface really is just the brilliant and exhilarating colors and the textures and the sounds that she conjures from, as you mentioned, this kind of old-fashioned style of electronics, you know, from the sound on the record Obviously, she's got to be considered a significant figure in the electronics field. And then that reminded me of this documentary from 2020 called Sisters with Transistors. I don't know if you've seen it. It's yes. about the history of women in electronic music, which is a field that is thought to be primarily a man's world, but it's not. You know, the documentary basically says, hey, don't forget about Clara Rockmore, the pioneering theremin artist, or or Laurie Anderson, who actually narrates that documentary, or Suzanne Chiani and many of the other kind of like the younger generation now, like Barbieri or maybe Sarah Devachi or whatever. But this record, there's a couple of songs on it that I particularly like. Life at Altitude is one. Starts out in kind of a swirl of steely sounds, and then she does a really great job of just like building into a repetitive groove. And that song, it's something that Kraftwerk would probably kill for, and then eventually leads to this crescendo of massive proportions. In the span of like seven minutes, you, you do get this whole dramatic arc and everything. It's a real ear-opener for me.
2: Yeah, a lot of the songs on this album start in places of, of noise or sort of chaos. And then there's a moment in a lot of these songs it sort of splits. And that's interesting to me because you know we were just talking about this idea of having these moments of spiritual clarity. And it feels like a lot of these songs replicate that feeling of being in a place of chaos and then sort of meditating on it and then having these songs taper off into something really beautiful.
0: In religious art, that's the ecstasy of St. Teresa, right? Yeah. So it's the moment of meditation that becomes exhilaration. And that's especially what you hear. And I know Katarina said, this is not a devotional album, but yeah. like, it's hard not to hear it that way.
1: After getting turned on to her, I, I looked at her bio. And so what well, you're talking about, the kind of a, the non-spiritual, spiritual side of the record. And then I read that it said her... Sonic research focuses on complex sequencing techniques to trigger temporal and spatial hallucinations, often exploring states of trance. So there you go, right there. I could see where the music could bring you into a state like that, but even on the surface, I could see, you know, rolling down the windows in the car and cranking this as well. So
0: so whether you're in a meditative state looking to achieve transcendence or if you just need jams on the highway, <laughs> right, you got it. <laughs> That's Spirit Exit by Katerina Barbieri. And that's the best music released in July 2022. Thank you to Hazel Sales, Tom Heisnicka, Gabby Bulgarelli, and Mondo Sunder Raisin. Thank you so much for coming on the show, y'all.
1: Thanks, Lars. Thanks, Lars. You can
0: find all the songs and albums we played in the show description or on slash all songs. I'll also thank the Maggie Rogers and Katerina Barbieri profiles. In the show description as well. For NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Lars Goprich. Thanks for listening, y'all.